0: Welcome everybody right to Damage Radio, heard here live on MalcolmRadio.com, where music reminds me. You already know me, I'm Marci, alongside my guest. This man is a former MFPW tag team specialist, a flex appeal with Tommy Macklin, who you might know from Impact Wrestling as Steve Macklin, and also Factory's Finest with, you know it, Clutch Adams. He's the one, he's the only, he's the amazing Mike Spanos. Mike, welcome back to Damage Radio and Happy New Year, brother.
1: Happy New Year, man. Make me feel more important than I really am.
0: Hey, That's man, right sky's nice. the limit, man. It's
1: a new it's a year. Nice, it's a nice you never influence. know. Yeah, Thank you, man. Know. 2022,
0: so, man. Right, let's talk, let's talk so, about that, man. New goals, new opportunities.
1: What's on the agenda for the amazing Mike Spanus, man? I know the sky's the limit for you. Yeah, you know, I mean, personal life, like in my, my shoot job, I, I got a couple opportunities for potential new positions there, which is cool. So professionally looking to, to grow that way and then... I also am looking to get in better shape again, more possibly ring shape again, maybe flirt with a little comeback, maybe have a match or two, see how I feel. I always have a good relationship with, with my old school at the Monster Factory and Danny Cage. And I, I run into a lot of guys that either currently train there or pop in and out, you know, from time to time. I see them. At hey, let's time. rewind that a little bit. Let's rewind that a little bit. <laughs> you think about cutting back into the ring? possibly i've been feeling good lately man i mean i did tear my acl last year and it's been about a full year recovery now and i recovered really well from that i was playing flag football for a while for like a couple years in a league and i tore my acl around i guess it was around this time last year like january february ish it was just outside it was in the snow i planted funny and i tore my acl i had real successful surgery the rehab went great my my legs are pretty much back to where they were before maybe even a little bigger which is nice cuz i've been focusing on training them a little more because of the the therapy which is cool so i've been feeling good that way and i just turned 33 on new year's eve so happy oh, birthday still, bro thank you thank you i'm still on the right side of 30 but you know you kind of you get the the ball rolling in your head a little bit and you see the people that you've trained with and come up with and they they have different opportunities in all different companies throughout and you're like, I'm still in pretty decent shape and I could probably just crack in a diet a little tighter and, and tighten up a little bit and, and, and put my name in the hat. I think with what, in my mind, like from the time off that I had and, and really like analyzing wrestling as a fan and as a student, it kind of changed my perspective on a lot of different things. And I understood psychology a lot more with wrestling and I know wrestling psychology, especially while you're training and while you're in it is probably the hardest thing to learn. Cause you just think it's just all, you know, body slams and suplexes and it's just whatever. And you're going to just look cool in tights and whatever, but it's, there's so much more to that. You need to know when you want to do something, why you do something how you do something you want to maximize the reaction from doing the smallest thing possible like you know you've probably seen some of the greatest reactions like on youtube and stuff like that like you could just envision like rock hogan they didn't even do anything and the crowd right. was like losing their minds but they knew how to give a certain look and then look at the crowd a certain way and then do a certain mannerism and then that could just make the crowd go crazy so as i as i've gotten older you know i've realized it's not all about the moves and all the the you know the high spots and the back flips and all that cool stuff which is awesome if, if you can do that kind of stuff great i know for me if i if i were to get back into t- the ring at, at whatever capacity I, I wouldn't be doing that kind of cool stuff but the good news for the wrestling world is everybody they already have plenty of guys that can do that cool stuff so i would want to offer something different
0: would you go on the would you go to the top rope or no probably not. Maybe here and
1: there, but like nothing crazy. That was never really my thing anyway when I when I was in like my prime, in my peak. Yeah. I never really was like a high flyer. But I would definitely probably be less of that now, but like yeah. I said, I I a quote when when QT Marshall was doing training at the factory and like kind of being one of the coaches, he always said like you want to be different than everybody. So if everybody can do a shooting star press, you don't have to add that to your repertoire just because they already have however many guys that can do that. You want to do something different. So I look at that now and I look at the landscape of wrestling now, and depending on which organization you were with and what, you know, whatever you kind of see, like, okay, like obviously AEW is very, Like almost like New Japan slash Ring of Honor style, like hard hitting, but a lot of high spots. So you would want to be, to stand out at least, you would want to be something different or bring a gimmick that was different that people aren't normally seeing from match to match. And I think that's why certain people stand out. Like if you look at like an MJF, so to speak, he doesn't really do anything over the top when it comes to wrestling. He can wrestle for sure. He's not a slouch, but he's not doing 15 high spots into a, you know, a pirouette off the top rope into a shooting star press to the outside. Like, but at the same time, he's probably one of the most popular guys on the roster, if not in the, in the industry today. So how does that work then for like a Darby
0: Allen versus MJF when they were feuding? One guy, Yeah. So one guy goes all out puts his right. body on the line the other one is just ground and pound using his voice and also his mm-hmm. wrestling skills
1: how That's do you a, it's mesh a, that it's it's a dance you know i, I mean in in professional wrestling you want to make your opponent look as as good as possible and you want them to make you look as good as possible so you just got to play into each other's strengths and try to avoid each other's weaknesses and you have to just be a team player and, and you know like if I were to work Darby Allen and and I'm not going to say my style would be exactly like MJF, but I would, I would say there would be a similarity there more of a, a you know, a traditional heel wrestler that wasn't going to be doing anything crazy. Like I'm not Ray Mysterio or anything like that. But, uh, you know, you just kind of have to play into his strengths and, and see what, he wants to do and, and where the vision of the promoter, you know, I guess Tony Khan or whoever the agents are in AW, I'm not familiar with their backstage, but, you know, whatever their vision is, you know, so I guess their their most recent Darby won, right? Yep. He went over on, on MJF. So I guess it would be however they wanted that to happen. You know, you got to make that story work and you got to figure out, I guess, his his finisher is the coffin drop, so you want to play into that. So you got to kind of like work backwards. That was always the the fun part in putting together a match. When you talk, like everybody thinks everything is just scripted to the T, like predetermined. Like, yeah, hey, this move, this move, this move, this yeah. move, and maybe for certain spots and maybe for certain guys, some matches might be a little more choreographed than others. But all in all, I always equate it. I probably said it to you a million times. It's like, whose line is it anyway? But with wrestling. It's a lot of improv, a lot of stuff on the fly, adapting, just picking up the crowd. Like, if you're doing something and the crowd doesn't seem to really care, maybe pull a 180 out and do something completely different. Was that most of your matches? A lot of them were were pretty on the fly, you know, here and there. If you have something really big you want to do or, you know, you really want to go over and and get through – then, yeah, you might talk about that and, and walk through it a little bit here and there. But you want to keep it organic to a degree where it doesn't seem so staged. Because then you get in your own head as well. If you miss a spot, if everything is too... Like, you'll, you've probably heard the uh, Steamboat Macho Man. What was it? WrestleMania 2? 3? Yeah, two, three, two, three, yeah. 2. or 3. Yeah. But... Um, they, they always say that Macho Man was, like, obsessed with that match to where they, like, literally had numbers for every sequence of everything. And it ended up working. But not everybody's Macho Man and, and Steamboat. So when you miss a spot or if you miss a number or whatever, however you were to do it, you could get in your own head. And, and a lot of times that does throw you off. And then you're like, oh, no, I missed this. Or we messed that up. And then sometimes you want to try to get back to that. And then it, it gets sloppy. But Dan, Danny Cage always used to say, and it was, it was a good point, he would say, no matter what happens in the ring, if you get lost or if you mess up or if you miss a spot, the audience doesn't know what's supposed to happen or at least know what you two know necessarily in the back or the, what the promoter knows. So don't really lose your mind if you miss a spot or, or botch something you can always recover from that. Just don't let it be obvious that, right. you know, you missed a spot. Because the crowd doesn't know anything. You, they think they know everything, but they don't, you know. Right. Even the smart ones. True. Now, you said as a fan, it opened up your eyes to psychology so much
0: more. Um, what's something that you learned when you were in your prime wrestling, psychology-wise, that you didn't realize you didn't really know that you know now as looking back at your career as a fan, now going back into it, hopefully.
1: You always, you always hear your trainers and, you know, the people that come in from other promotions that are, are further along than you or in a better position than you. A lot of them always talk about storytelling and you want to tell a story and you want to tell a story. And you hear that, and then sometimes being like a young kid that's, that's still like, you know, cutting their teeth and learning, you're like, yeah, yeah, tell a story. But you don't really, like, get it. But then, like, when you really put it together and you watch some of the all-time great matches, like, if you have, like, The Network and you watch, like, you know, a classic, like, Bret Hart-Owen Hart match or, like, Stone Cold Bret Hart or Shawn Michaels and Undertaker, whatever matches your, you know, cup of tea, they tell a story, you know, they work a body part, they do... You know all these things while you're doing it. You're like, yeah, work a body part. But then when you really put it together and you're like, okay, so say my finisher is a sharpshooter. I want to realistically throughout the match, I want to work on your leg and your back. So all my offense, whether it's cheating, depending on if you're a healer or face, whether it's cheating, whether it's by the book, I should want it to be working on my opponent's back or legs or both. The whole match so this way it makes sense when you put them in the sharpshooter why they even want to tap i mean it obviously the move itself hurts but if you wear them down then it makes it it makes it make sense and i feel like a lot of younger people or a lot of people in the position that we were in that i was in prior you just kind of want to do a bunch of stuff that you know that you can do that looks cool and then just kind of throw it together and like hope it makes a good match and sometimes I bet you if I went back and watched a handful of my matches, I'd be like, what the hell was even the point of this match? Like, what was going on? And it was just like, this happened, and this happened, and this happened, and then we just threw it together, and then there was the finish. And you're like, if you build to it, you know, that's how false finishes work, that's how, like, I mean, now you see it all the time, false finishes are huge, but, like, in AEW, you'll see... A big finish move, boom. And then you're like, oh, is this it? And then no, it's not it. And then right. they build to another big move, and then they build to another big spot. And obviously, it all depends on where you are in the card. And, and you know,
0: how do you feel like, about that?
1: Do you think it's uh, move, big move after big move, you know, false
0: finishes and all that. Do you think it's a little too much? Sometimes,
1: for sure. Uh, I think it depends on the severity of the match, like if you're just having a regular match or like if you're on like AW Dark or like if you're just on Raw and there's really no thing that comes after that match, like say it's just like Sheamus versus Dolph Ziggler, not for a title, not for anything. Like, yeah, you want to have a good match for sure. And if they give you an allotted amount of time, you want to use it all, maximize your time on television, whatever. But that being said, You don't want to take away from the main event or whatever else is on the card that's a bigger, more important match. Not to say that your match isn't important, but if you're just having a basic exhibition match that doesn't really have any road to anything where it's like, okay, if you win this, you're going to wrestle for the title, then it's like, okay, then that match needs to be a little more complex. But if you're just having a match, essentially just to have a match, just because you're on the card and they want to use you, you you might want to play into saving your body a little bit, saving a bump. You know, you don't have to go all out. What's the point? You're only going to get a five-minute spot on Raw to just basically have a a BS match. Why do you want to go through a table, take a, you know, a flaming spear? Like, you don't need to do any of that. You're you're just doing it essentially to pop yourself. And the the name of the game is obviously longevity, the guys who could stay in the, the ring the longest for the longest amount of time. I mean, look at a guy like The Miz. He doesn't really do anything other than talking exceptionally well. He's not a, a like, he's not a a shoot wrestler. Like, he didn't come from that background. He's not a crazy high flyer. But I think, what, just this last year or two years ago was his first, like, major injury in, like, 12 years or something oh, yeah, crazy like that. Yeah. And you're like, well, he keeps himself on TV. He keeps himself in the loop. He does his, his you know, whatever WWE needs him to do. He does reality show. I'm going to say, I'm I'm sure that he's made a a boatload of money from that because of that reason, as opposed to somebody who might technically be a better wrestler or can do 100 more high spots cooler than him. But, you know, they get hurt and then maybe they they fall out of favor with management and then they end up getting released or whatever. Maybe they just have to stop wrestling altogether because they have a severe injury like you never know.
0: Right. I think um we were talking about storylines. The the last storyline that I really enjoyed in WWE was the CM Punk John Cena one when it was in Chicago. Yeah, in 2012 I think it was Money in the Bank. When if 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 Cena lost, he's fired. If Punk wins, he takes the title and he's leaving WWE. Mm -hmm. And I remember that um Cena stopped the ref from you know having a disqualification to McMahon. We're not ending it this way. He gets back in the ring. He gets hit with the go to sleep. One, two, three. Punk wins. And then um, McMahon grabs the headphones from Jerry Lawler and says send down that, that, that Del Rio guy. Have him cash in right now. Boom. Done. And then he runs out and, and, you know, in the stands, blows a kiss and it, it ends. Right. Like I haven't seen that much suspense and that much... When we know what's going to happen, I haven't seen that much
1: passion in
0: That'll sense. Like that will be since like they actually got a foot on.
1: That would probably be my biggest criticism of WWE is their their writing and their producers, and it's like I have been there for extra work and I, I know that there's people that are well beyond their years that are you know like like a recently released like William Regal like a person like that that knows wrestling in and out and they're they're only doing the best they can with you know telling them. The guys, what they got to do with, and the a lot of time that they get. But I don't know what WWE's deal is with their writing in terms of like creativity because it's just like it's just not there right now. And it's not the talent's fault, in my opinion, because I think more so than ever in the last handful of years, WWE has had probably some of the deepest rosters in their history from NXT all the way up. You know, anybody on any roster could potentially be a main event person because they had that thing for a while where they were signing well-established stars from around the world and from other promotions. Like, that was, like, their big thing. Yeah. And I don't blame them, per se, for not being able to get a good storyline. I mean, you can only do so much with what you're to- – you know, like, if your boss only gives you a a hammer and then he wants you to build – Well, look you
0: know, at – where. Look at where NXT was compared to what it is now. Yeah. Like then it was, uh, Steve Nakamura showing up out of nowhere, Kevin Steen, Kevin
1: Owens showing up.
0: It was hype. and now and, and,
1: and that was from what I know. You know, from the knowledge that I have, that was mainly because Triple H was in control and had complete creative control, and Triple H knows wrestling and he knows how to put together a show and he knows how to build a roster and and build young guys up and and keep established guys relevant and nxt was thriving for a long time up until more recently i'm not saying that the new nxt doesn't have a shot but you can tell it's got a more wwe vibe to it now to where it's more produced and i think wwe really lost a lot of kind of their balls a little bit I don't know if it, it just comes down to their contracts with different companies like now they're with Fox I don't know I know personally but I would say now if I were to ever have a tryout with WWE down the road and like you get to do your promo time like that's where I would personally thrive in and, and I would really dig in and and kind of say some that would make people be like whoa did you just right. say that and I'd be like right. yeah I did I did because this is what this company needs to get back on the map. Because there's no reason it's not on the map. It's WWE. It's the
0: right, you
1: know, the show essentially.
0: Right. Well, but, you said uh, Triple H knowing the game. Well, around our way, uh, mm-hmm. Danny Danny Cage knows his game. Um, yeah, knowing like what you said, how you're thinking about coming back now. Do you? put all your trust in Danny Cage and uh, where you, you want your career to go or do you have more creative say now in your eyes knowing that you know, this is your last
1: chance? Um, if, I were, if I were to decide to definitely come back and, and do a little run to try to get a try, I mean, I have connections pretty much in every major company. I mean, ROAs just kind of went under but I knew that, I knew people there I know people in Impact, I know people in WWE, and I know people in AEW. not saying that they could just get me a job easily, but potentially they could maybe get me my foot in a door somewhere. So I don't necessarily like have to hang on, on Dan, but I would want to go... Da- like like, essentially what I'll probably end up doing is I'll go, like I was telling you on the phone the other day, I might go to the factory I was, was supposed to be tonight. But I was a little under the weather a couple days and, you know, with all the, the COVID scare, I don't want to go into the school tonight. But um, I would want to sit down with him and talk to him because I have a couple ideas of what I want to do. We've talked about it. I'd like to do a podcast like we're doing now um, and then be able to talk to other people that I know or that are trying to come up You know, whether it's through the factory or or through friends of friends, however that is. I think that, obviously, podcasts are huge right now, and you never know if a podcast was good enough. A company like WWE or AEW might want to even employ you for for that, and you talk to their people or just cover their product, whatever. So that's always a possibility. That would obviously probably be where my girlfriend and family's preference would be because it would save my body, obviously. But I would also like to think that I still have something to offer to the wrestling business from what my strengths were. And I would like to try to have a tryout, whether it be at one of those top promotions to see if I could still hang and, and still go. And like I said, it's, it's a different game. Do I think I, I would go in there and be like a, you know, like a ricochet or somebody like that? Like, absolutely not. I wouldn't be. Doing these like amazing, all breathtaking moves. But yeah. that being said, a lot of guys that had success in, in the history of the business didn't always do that. Look at your but you're still body. in shape too. Yeah, I'm still in decent shape. I could, I could drop a couple, couple percentages of body fat to get myself back to where I was, but I'm still in pretty good shape. I'm about 20, I, I fluctuate from like 205 to 210. The heaviest I ever was when I wrestled was like 220. But that was like just eating all day. I didn't have to worry about anything. I barely, you know, I just worked at like a server job at night and I would just go to school so I could just eat and work out all day basically and train. So
0: what's keeping you hungry to want to come back? Did it not did you not end on your own terms in the professional wrestling business?
1: Well that definitely Yeah, that definitely I mean, when I hurt my arm, um I did try to come back, and it was an exciting time at the factory. Um, Damian Priest was there. Um, Matt Riddle was there. I actually got to have a a fatal four-way with them in one of my matches back. But my issue was it was so soon after my injury and learning how to to deal with my arm that I didn't have the same confidence that I had, uh, you know, prior, I was favoring my arm a lot, which was causing me to like take bumps improperly and, you know, chip up my elbow or whatever on my other side. So then that's going to lead to another injury, which obviously you don't want. But now that it's been years of learning how to cope with my arm and, and work out and figure it out, like, I don't really have that many limitations with my arm. It's not as strong as it once was. Like I remember, I you know not to sound like conceited or like narcissistic, but I'd be able to like pick up a hundred and twenty pound dumbbell without like a problem. Put it on my oh, lap. way to
0: go, Mike. Way yeah, to go, bro! Yeah, like
1: I, I could like put them on my like lap without a problem, and like you know, I can lift like, this candle up, bench press it, right, right, and then now I'm not as able to do that or or at least in my head i limit myself a little bit with that kind of stuff but at the same time i don't need to do that either i'm not trying to be the strongest man like i'm not trying to be mark henry i'm not trying to be you know a a power lifter so it's like as long as you have the functional thing going on and i can actually move my my body the way it needs to move and and be in the shape that i need to be in which i have I've prided myself in staying in pretty good shape throughout the years, even post wrestling. So I think I could definitely give it another go if, if it, if it, you know, if the thing is correct. Like I said, I definitely want to go back to the factory, talk with Dan, kind of give him my ideas of what I'm thinking and possible storylines because there are some guys there that I'd like to work with. I see um, some of the younger kids that i'm like oh cool they'd be fun to work with or they have they had something that i could maybe help bring out of them because that's all what the wrestling business really is i mean yeah of course everybody wants to be the top dog but if you can only work with the top dogs and not make anybody look better you're not really an asset but if you can make a guy who's not really that good yet or not really that polished but you could see some potential in them and then you make them look good then you're like okay This guy's valuable. He can he can take a new person that maybe the company just signed that they hope that they like there's a new guy in WWE, a reality guy. He's like British or something. Okay. I don't know. I don't know his name off the top of my head, but like I assume he's probably pretty green. So I think he just had a match with AJ Styles or something like that. So they're having a guy like AJ, who can do everything and anything in this business, and he's gonna help this kid, you know cut his teeth and get more polished and I think especially in where I'm at in my career I'm not trying to be like you know like I said I'm not trying to be like a a deathmatch guy or like a a crazy high flyer guy to where like I could actually teach people you know the ropes so to speak so well
0: confidence is key like you said confidence is key now your mind and overthinking will have to come into play because of the injuries that you do have so when that you, you do come back that music hits is are
1: there is there gonna be any jitters? Oh, for sure, for sure. He'll um, be nervous, and then, like I said, I would, I would probably go to a couple training sessions again, and I, you know, accumulate my body. I wouldn't just probably get one of the better guys and be like, let's just have a match. Like, let's just go yeah. cold turkey. Like, let's see <laughs> how Yeah. Like, realistically, that's not really a smart idea, and you'll definitely be sore from all that. But I would probably train for like you know couple of weeks to a month I wouldn't be like how I was when I was younger and just be like there every every training session and all that but you know I get my body accumulated to it I, I'd, I'd feel it out a little bit and then if I thought I could go again which I think I, I can I mean I, I still know how to do a lot of things I wrestled for many years it wasn't like I just wrestled for a couple months and then that happened and then that was it like I know how to do a lot of the, the basic things and string together a, a match and I would like to think that my strongest point always was my, my talking ability, like grabbing the mic and either cutting a promo or, or cutting a backstage promo or whatever. And obviously, people that do that have a good a good spot in the business because a lot of people can't do that. It's the same thing with the other people that can do the crazy, backflips and all that a lot of people can't do that so they have their spot on the show and then a lot of times they can't do the other thing so you know it's like any other sport realistically like power hitters usually in baseball aren't usually base stealers because they're usually the guys that are the bigger guys on the team that are trying to hit a ball 400 feet and same thing with you know running backs probably not going to be your punt returner because he's too bulky you know they do things like that
0: Right. Well, you said, like, you know, um,
1: coming coming back, you definitely want to
0: test out, you know, your style against some of the young guns there. What? Who's one guy from your past, Monster Factory graduate, whether in AEW or WWE, that you'd want to grit your teeth with and get back in the ring with and maybe even start a feud up or reunite a feud or maybe a, a former tag team partner even? Like, who do you think would be the there's, best
1: for Spanos? There's a lot of guys that would be fun. I, I – Obviously, I think people that know me would probably think I would like to say Steve right away, um, Steve Macklin now, And would he do it? You think um oh, for sure, he would love to slap me around a little bit, I'm sure again for the first time in a while, but I don't know if I would want to go right to Steve right away. I would probably want to get a little a little bit under my belt. I, I mean, there's guys like Aunt Bennett that I could always. I've actually talked to him about it. He was one of the only people I've actually reached out to and said, like, I might come roll around again soon. Uh, Aunt Bennett, one of the guys. I mean, there's a lot of old guys from the past that, that still work with Monster Factory. Um, LSG, he was always a, a buddy of mine. Tim Hughes. I could see you um, against Cody Vance. Cody Vance would be fun. And if I could yeah. get, like, a dark match or something like that in AEW. I just saw him not that long ago when he, they were in Philly. Right. He was actually very generous and, and let us stop in his suite and say hello, and that was pretty cool. Nice. <laughs> now, and has any of like your of friends
0: changed at all since getting to the top, of the big leagues, or have they all been
1: pretty humble and? Uh... Um, from from what I can see, they're all pretty much the same guys. I mean. I obviously would see Damien Priest and Riddle a lot more because of the factory. So we were never really like, you know, bestest of best friends. I was pretty close with Damian Priest when he was there. Um, he was kind of like a coach in a way. He was a coach towards the end. Right. <clears throat> but anytime I reach out to him, he always responds. I mean... I'm, a, I'm very proud of him and and he has such a good story and he's such a good guy that it's not hard to root for him and see his success and be happy for it like I'm not one of those guys that's like oh, yeah. I'm jealous of him and i hope so, other, yeah. i hope he doesn't get where he, he wants to go like I want to see him win the title and and get a, a long title reign and you know all the benefits that come from that he's a great guy like I said I've reached out to him several times after big matches of his because I pretty much tune in anymore to watch him or riddle like i'm not really like religiously watching all of it like i I dvr aew and i watch raw live and then i'll just catch the highlights of smackdown a lot of times i don't even catch smackdown even though i know it's probably the more popular show right now but um I definitely tune in on Raw to see those two guys. And anytime I've reached out to Riddle, he usually gets right back to me and, and you know, thanks me for, for reaching out. So everybody seems pretty cool. Cody, Cody was me and him had a weird thing where, like, he kind of came right as I got hurt, like right before I got hurt-ish, like in that period. So we were never like best of friends, but we were always pretty cool and he stayed really like level headed and grounded. So he's he's a great dude and I'm happy for him. What about Billy uh Damien? Uh Billy uh, uh, Billy, uh Demo? Yeah. yeah. I haven't talked to him in a while. Uh I know he's actually
0: coaching. coach, right?
1: Yeah, he's a coach because he was always a, a amateur wrestler, like a shoot like that guy knew his stuff really good. He was he was impressive. I think he was even, at one point, like an Olympic reserve wrestler for one of the years he did it. Like, he was he was legit. And he was really close with Nick Camarado, who's now in AEW with QT. The only thing that, like, bums me out and it's just natural would be, like, there's certain people, like, say I never got hurt. Well, I guess you can't really tell because that'd be a, such a butterfly effect. Like, I could have got signed by someone in that time frame but like when I was in my era when I was there me and Damian Priest started working with Ring of Honor together like we were getting our feet in the door there and pretty much once that started is when I got hurt and then he obviously progressed the way he did and did awesome and got to work all over the place New Japan Ring of Honor he did the Jericho cruise I think like He got to go all over. So I probably would have been in that boat with him, I would imagine. Uh, But you never know. I could have had a tryout with someone else, like maybe WWE or or Impact, who knows, somewhere else where I could have went a separate way. But I'd like to think I probably would have been with him. But then I look at other things, too, and, like, QT went down to Atlanta. And I don't know if he, he had it planned or what. Like, the dude looks like a genius now, but then he ended up linking up with Cody Rhodes down there and he opened up that school and now i guess they're partners or he's the feeder school to aw now whatever it is but and
0: he was working at like snap in a truck like delivering Mm -hmm. parts Mm -hmm. and now look at him you know
1: he was a waiter he did what i did he waited tables for a while and then he was doing the snap on thing i think a family member of his had yeah in with that so he was doing that for a while and I think he was making a comfortable living, but he always wanted to to make a living in wrestling. And then I know he said he wanted to open up a school, which I'm sure a lot of wrestlers want to do that because if you can make it work, it's awesome. And right. then he obviously linked up, like I said, with Cody Rhodes somehow. I don't know if, like I said, I don't know if he he knew that Cody Rhodes or like whatever the situation was, but they linked up, and I guess the rest is history there. They're friends in real life, I assume, and they, they work together, and, and GT's a producer, a wrestler, a trainer, you know.
0: you got a chance to get in the ring of Paul Wright
1: on a yeah. pay-per-view match. With you. Yeah. You, got, you got Scorpion Death Drop by Sting. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, that was always <laughs> my Night guy Punk. growing up. <clears throat> Sting. So, yeah, you got to have a match with Punk. Sting was always my guy growing up, so I, I would be in complete fanboy mode if I got to work with sting in any capacity and that's one thing it was not which is not history your
0: career your career is still question mark so you know time <laughs> well, will tell. Time i mean will tell for you. a while
1: for a while i was i was content with being done and i was like you know what i'm good with it and then you know you get older and you have different life experiences and you have different professional experiences and then, you know, I always still watch. And, like, my girl will always say, like, you really do love that. Shit. Like, you, you still watch it. And, like, I could see, like, if someone does something cool, like, you kind of light up. And I'm like, oh, I'm always going to be a fan. Like, I'll never stop being a fan. I had an emotional bond and connection with my father and my grandfather. We always watched WCW and WWF back in the day. Sick. So... That'll always kind of be a part of me. And if I ever have a son one day, and or maybe even a daughter, because women's wrestling is huge now, yep. maybe I'll be able to pass on that tradition with them too. And so that was always like a thing in my family. I, I'll still, my dad will still come over and we'll pop something on, whether it be like, you know, a wrestling documentary or like I'll pop on the newest episode of like AEW or something. So there's always be like in me a, bu- a bug that itches and stuff. But then part of you has to also look after yourself and I had a few concussions in my day I obviously had the arm injury more recently even though it wasn't wrestling related I had a knee injury so you know you know you're not made of steel and you're not indestructible but at the same time you got to be smart and know you know what you can do well what you can't do how to maximize it if it's possible and maybe it's not maybe I, I go back and and then I gotta go, well, oh, maybe this isn't what I wanna do. And then I gotta, you know, but then that then I could transition that into potentially like a podcast. Because I, I love podcasts as well. I would say wrestling and podcast for whatever different you know, they're all different topics that I listen to, but those are two things that are pretty hot right now and pop culture in general. And I think everybody's probably starting podcasts these days, but all it takes is the right flow to catch on or the right person to hear it and and like how your your style is and liking what you're saying and then you can get a sponsor or you can get like i said maybe someone from wwe hears you and they go wow i really like that so let's see if we can get in contact with this guy and maybe get him on the payroll and he could do backstage. like you know you never know that's true now you know it, it is a brand new year
0: 2022 uh Predictions for professional wrestling. i us start with AEW. You got your world champion, the hangman, Adam Page. Uh, world champ for the women's is DMD, Dr. Britt Baker. Tag mm-hmm. Team Champs, brand new, Jurassic Express.
1: After Just that, crazy. TVS, last, yeah. uh, gave mm-hmm. me PTSD. Seeing I bet. I was like, I oh, bet. my goodness, his arm is not in the right direction right now. Right. And I was thinking about my night, and I was like, his was cooler looking because he did like, yeah. a cooler move than mine. But. I was just like, oh, my God, that poor guy. Yeah. I know what he's going through. He's got to get rushed to the hospital. He's going to have to get emergency surgery, depending on what doctor, you know, what their schedule's like. He might have to wait overnight, so he's going to have to get drugged up and go to sleep and then go, or they might be able to just rush him in. But he's going to have to get emergency reconstructive surgery because that thing wasn't facing the right direction at
0: all. I don't know. So knowing skin. from experience, how
1: long was he out for probably? I would say if he's a freak and everything was good and there was no nerve damage and and he could get into a therapy and stuff, I would say a minimum six months, a minimum. But you got to figure it depends on how severe the break was, what the reconstructive surgery is going to be. There's nerve damage. Like when I broke mine, I was lucky. I still had all feeling my hand they say a lot of times people have issues with their hands and they can't squeeze they can't close their finger so you don't know if something like that could have happened where he's going to have to not just learn how to move his arm again he's going to have to learn how to move his hand so it all depends I I didn't really hear anything today about it I just know that everybody was really bummed out for the guy because he seemed like he's a great guy and he's obviously a really good talent. So yeah, and they were on fire. They were they were really getting themselves over. So it really, yeah. it really sucks to see something mm-hmm. like that. You never want to see anything like that, even right? if you don't hate like the person personally. You don't right. And that. another person on fire
0: uh, who just won the TBS champion, uh, Jade Cargill. You know, mm-hmm. she went through She's that tournament.
1: She's, She's a, a beast. beast. I actually, I had my girlfriend watching her last night, and I was like look at this chick. I was like, she looks right. like if she just did a diet for a week, she could go on stage and do a bodybuilding show. That's like, what I'm saying. I was like, she's incredible. She's a, a, right. a freak athlete in her own right. And it's cool. She had her daughter there and I guess her boyfriend, her husband, whatever. That's yep. pretty cool.
0: And then to, to add it out on the last chant, the TNT chant, Cody Rhodes, who's mm-hmm. going to be versing um, Sammy Guevara again for a return match on this mm-hmm. Saturday coming up. So those are your champions from AEW representing your brand your roster is even better because you got Adam Cole. You got the whole undisputed error back basically, oh, uh, right. Bobby Fish, Kylo Riley, and Adam Cole. You have the elite. Now mm-hmm. uh, you have uh, Brian Danielson, CM Punk, Christian Cage, FTR, Darby mm-hmm. Allin, MJF, all these young talent. Brock Anderson, Arn Anderson's son, who's still waiting to be, you know, blossomed into whatever he's going to be. You got the you acclaim. Know? The acclaim, who has. The, the, the mic skills like you do.
1: I, I like you know? this group. I like those kids. kids the, the one kid, the one yeah. kid I, I would definitely go at him because he's good. He would get me with a good zinger or two, but I'd be like, yeah, you look like Russell Wilson, and yeah, <laughs> I'll kick your ass. But <laughs> right. but right. he's good. He's good. Um, the other kids, the, like the body guy of the group, the Jack kid, they, they got a lot of stuff going on in AEW. AEW seems like it would be an awesome place to work. My only concern with AEW would be that the roster is so deep that you could get potentially lost in the shuffle, or like right. maybe not even on TV for a while, and you can kind of get like pushed back. And, and I don't know what their contract situations are like, like in terms of the newer people they're bringing in. Are they are they signing long term deals? Are they kind of just getting them a couple paydays and then? Letting them go elsewhere, I'm not sure.
0: So is this the best <laughs> chance for them to do, like, a WWE and have, like, a SmackDown and a Raw, like, different titles on each brand to spread them out a little bit more?
1: It looks like that's kind of what they're trying to do, even though they're not, like, fully there yet. Like, because they have, what, Rampage on Fridays, but they take them after kind of, like, what WWE used to do with SmackDown. Um. That's probably where it's going to have to head if they do keep all these guys on the roster because you're going to have too many talented people and not to mention the guys that you do get over, which is the goal, like your younger guys, your Darby Allen, your MJFs, your acclaims, like your guys that weren't necessarily established stars when they signed, but we're hoping that AEW can bring that out of them. And obviously, I think that's what a lot of the guys are there to do, you know, your stings, your your CM Punk's like I think CM Punk probably wants one more big day in the sun as the champion and a nice run to kind of like give him that. But I think he really does want to be there to help younger guys. You could kind of tell when he gives his promos and stuff and like who he's been working with. He didn't just go in and just grab, you know, Adam Page or, or Daniel Very Bryan cool. or somebody at the top and just. That was it, you know he's well working, you, do you he's see it, do you see a possible um best in a world rematch of uh, Jericho and punk? If they want to do it, Yeah, I mean, that's the beauty of the deep roster that they have is they could do whatever they want if if they want to have one it I, I think it all depends on what they want professionally. like I know Jericho is definitely in the twilight of his career. So it all depends on kind of like where he's looking to go. And like I said, I think a lot of guys kind of want to work with younger guys and just do that to kind of pass on the torch on the way out the door kind of deal while still being a part of something cool and help build something like AW up. So if they want to do that, that'll be there if they want right. to. It's just, and you just got the does.
0: younger talent, like you said, you have like uh, Danny Garcia, you have Eddie Kingston who's changing his game, but still being authentic. Right. And people are digging them, you know?
1: <clears throat> but that's what you want. You want these young guys, and you don't want to leave them out there to, to just dry up in the sun, essentially. Like, yeet. And now you have Taz's son, Hook. Mm-hmm. You have Billy Gunn's two sons of the Gun Club. I think they're cool.
0: Good. I like what they're
1: doing. The one's about to be on a reality show I saw the other night. Yeah. I was like, it's good for them. I mean, you know, there's anything to get attention, but... They have a lot of young talent that they're going to have to mold and grow because young talent is cool while it's young, but you don't want it to just get stale and then kind of just expire because then it just wastes it and then they could potentially So that, that's, that's one thing that you have on your radar that you're unsure of, what they're going to do with all this talent that they're signing mm-hmm. I think because it seems like they have the right kind of minded people in the right positions of power in that company it looks like they're going to do the right thing and do their best to develop the young guys and, and try to make new stars because that's the name of the game. But at the same time, it is a business and, it you know, the people at the top with all the money, it all depends on what they want and, and what direction they want to go. And, and you could tell that's kind of how, like, WWE went into their, like, mediocrity of what's been going on with a lot of their storylines and stuff. But I don't know. I don't know what's going on because a lot of people are saying WWE looks like Vince is going to potentially try to sell it and they're trying to kind of like clean up the books and that's why they're letting all these guys go and they're all jumping shit. And then, but then you don't know cause you're like, but it's WWE. Like they're still, it's like, you know, football, they're the NFL. Like. still where you want to go like I know a lot of people were like surprised when they heard the news that like Kevin Owens re-signed with WWE because a lot of his friends are in AEW and you're like it's not really shocking it's the place where you kind of why you start in the first place like nobody started wrestling to be in AEW not to knock them because they're new but it's like you started to be in WWE so it's like you understand why especially if you have a good relationship with management like I'm sure Kevin Owens probably does Right. They're kind of paying well, pretty well, and you get the notoriety of their stuff.
0: Well, one thing about WWE I want to talk to you about is they're finally going to give us Bobby Lashley versus Brock Lesnar at Royal Rumble. Mm-hmm. What are your thoughts on this? Is it two guys who are in the, in the MMA field, UFC field, two big guys that you know can definitely go at it? What are your thoughts on finally doing it at Royal Rumble based on uh, WrestleMania?
1: They definitely did it right because – Bobby Lashley is pretty much at the top of his game, at least in his WWE run. You know, I know he had a really good thing for a while in impact, but in WWE, he was always kind of like mid card floating to main event status, like could potentially be, but then never really got there. And then these last, you know, year or two, they really let Bobby blossom into that main event kind of guy, into that level. I mean, he obviously looks like a main event guy, like the guy right. looks like a statue. but I always get a little bummed out with the Brock Lesnar stuff, not because I don't think Brock Lesnar's cool, but because you just know what's coming. It's very predictable. You're like, boy, he's going to be here for a couple months. He's going to do some cool things. He's going to kind of make you either love him or hate him again, and then he's going to probably disappear and go back into whatever he wants to do, you know, retire world. So the WWE kind of bums me out with a lot of their, like, part-time stuff. Because I assume what they're going to do with him is they're going to have him do Lashley. And I don't know what direction they want to go with that. In my opinion, they should let Lashley get the title off Brock to help catapult uh, Bobby into a bigger thing. And then I think they want Roman and Brock to eventually go again. So then who cares for Brock that he doesn't have that title anymore? He could just go get Romans if that's what he wants. You know what I mean? If that's what they want. So in my opinion, that's how I would book it. And then you can make Bobby Lashley the champion again, and he can have the bragging rights of saying he beat Brock Lesnar to get the title. How many guys get to do that? It makes sense because it's not like some far-fetched thing. Bobby Lashley is basically just as big as Brock Lesnar. like You know what I mean? Like uh, all that kind of stuff fits together. So I don't know if that's the way they're going or not, but I, I don't hate this one where I know a lot of people that like to critique WWE are probably like, ugh. Who didn't again. see this one coming? Yeah. These two guys, yeah. but it's like just with where they're at, and I, I heard McIntyre might have an injury to where like he had to kind of go away, you know. And then I know they're doing different things with different guys in different other spots, so it fits, right. and I think it could be pretty good.
0: Let's talk about the sleeping giant, Impact Wrestling. Um, they they're quietly still around, you know. Like they have um, Moose as their world champion, mm-hmm. and it's going to be uh, hard to kill coming up with Moose. Matt Cardona and uh, Wes Morrisley, formerly of uh, WWE. Yeah. Vicky um, James is still kicking as a knockout champion. Uh, Dre Miguel is the X Division champion. The Good Brothers
1: are the tag champs. Still there, yeah. Bill's inspiration. Eddie Omega Who, was in there doing their thing, right. doing his thing for a while. Right. Uh, jo- Ann Grace
0: yeah. is the digital champion. I don't
1: champion. Impact as religiously as like, I do the other two, but I know who's on the roster and kind of like who's doing what. I just actually watched like a year-end show that they just had. They kind of like recapped some of the big moments of the year, which was pretty cool to see. I know they got like Sammy Callahan, obviously Deanna Peruzzo, my buddy yep. Steve Macklin, Eric um, Young, Heath Slater. They got Gary, there. They got uh, Rich Slater. Swan. I'm curious uh, to see. Yeah. I'm curious to see where some of these big free agents like. Killer Cross, EC3, uh, Adam Scher, formerly known as Braun Strowman, where's Bray Wyatt going to go? There's a lot of interesting names out there. I know uh, Cross was in Impact for a while. I really like his work. Um, I like that he does... His own YouTube channel too, and he makes like creative promos and stuff. It's a little different. Like I said, yeah. you always want to do something different. Uh, or even the
0: Frisco Brothers. Where's yeah, the, the Frisco, Frisco Brothers. Brothers.
1: Now they're going to be around. Uh, I know Jay Lethal just went to AEW, so I'm sure you're going to start seeing these names pop up in Impact and and AEW and maybe even WWE. I'm not sure if WWE is still taking guys like that from the Indies right now, or they're trying to just find you know lower level guys like a me. That right. can, they can uh, make into a star. Never but know? Yep. You never
0: know. Well, yeah. Well, last topic. Uh, my God, the the re- recent WWE releases. Um, Samoa Joe, William Regal, Road Dogg, in Danger, Steve Carino's, uh sister, uh, Scott Armstrong, longtime employee there, Gabe Sabowski, former ROH uh, Booker, um, Ryan Katz, who's been there forever and was in XPW and uh, the N T V thing, um. Ryan Singh, he was Great Khali's manager mm-hmm. a while back. These guys get released. You got to be chomping at the bits right now of your AEW to get like a William Regal in there or get a Samoa Joe or even Road Dogg is going to follow Kit James, you know, and yeah. Billy Gunn. Wait, yeah. What are your thoughts?
1: Uh, this goes back to kind of what we were talking about a little bit ago. I don't, is WWE trying to maybe clean up their books to sell? Um, are they just completely going into a new business model where they're just trying to get rid of a lot of their older, you know, whatever that business model was to get like a fresh start? I don't know what they're doing, but they're obviously freeing up a lot of uh, cap space. Uh, I don't know if that means they're going to be giving out bigger contracts to so their better, you know, their, their, their more, you know, your Seth Rollins is your, you know, so they don't lose people to AEW. I don't know. Uh, but it is definitely an opportunity for all the other promotions, even the indies. You know, you could do a Cody Rhodes style thing and bank on yourself for a little bit, and and just see what everything is has to offer out there. Because right now, wrestling is a pretty, pretty cool thing again because AEW emerged, and you know, the internet, you can stream New Japan and Impact, and you could Ring of Honor while it was out. So it's a, it's a different ball game now as it was maybe say ten years ago where it was like pretty much WWE was the only show in town and it was like even if you don't like what they're putting on TV if you want to watch professional wrestling that's kind of, it's like watch it or don't like if right. you want to watch wrestling that's what you get right you but what's
0: one name team? on there what's one name on there that
1: that you want them to go somewhere
0: like is there like a, is it a William Regal is it The smell of Joe that you want back in the a Punk era? Uh, just to see like where they could go? Yeah. Well, there's one guy
1: that you're chomping at the bit that so you, you hope he goes there. Mm. Honestly, as a guy that you didn't name that wasn't just recently released, I really want to see what happens with Bray Wyatt. Mm. I think Bray Wyatt is a generational style talent. I think he was insanely creative. I think he was very good at what he did with his gimmicks and promos and all that kind of stuff and just that everything it's just this whole package just look everything i think he was a really special talent and i think he had probably some creative differences which seems to be the case a lot of times with wwe um and i think they just maybe came to you know i think a lot of it was Brody lee you know the loss of him weighed on him mentally and i think he might have needed some time off and i don't know if he's in a rush to come back anywhere, but can you imagine the waves if he signs with AEW? Mm-hmm. The internet will go crazy, and yep. you know that's all you'll hear about for a month. Right. Kind of like when yeah. Punk came back. Right. But that would be an interesting one. I know Regal probably won't be more so an on-air guy unless he does a similar like manager role, like you know the GM of whatever. But he would be an asset to have as a coach, uh, you know, behind the scenes or an agent to help with your matches. Because obviously he's got a sound wrestling, model. and he's been in the game for longer than a lot of guys that are even on rosters were born. You right. know what I mean? So it's like yeah. he would be a great asset. I mean, there, there's great assets everywhere. I was saying to you a little bit ago, I, I really like Killer Cross. I like EC3's whole thing he's got going on with his kind of like any promotion he's making them. I don't even know what he right. like would consider yeah. that, but it's really cool when you see it, like his social media presence.
0: Definitely.
1: Well, Mike, as always, I
0: appreciate your time coming on damage and uh, speaking your mind and giving your two cents to the, to the fans out there. And, uh, time will tell, man, who knows? You might be a champion by the end of this year. Yeah. You never know. Who
1: knows? Right. Yeah. We got, to right. we got to see the future definitely looks bright and fun for twenty 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 two.
0: Definitely. And, uh, one thing out there, fans never, don't ever give up on your dreams. Don't don't ever get, if you get knocked down, get right back up. Cause you know, you only have one life and, uh, Keep on moving forward one step at a time. Yeah, that's the truth, man. Yep. So, uh, Damage fans, remember, uh, Happy New Year. Uh, And remember, don't keep it nice and neat. Keep it completely damaged on MonkaRadio.com or music and minds meet. Thanks, Mike. You got it,
1: brother. Thank you. Completely damaged.
0: Completely damaged.